Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the Feast of St. Augustine. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Renew in your church, we pray, O Lord, the spirit with which you endowed your bishop, St. Augustine, that filled with the same spirit, we may thirst for you, the sole fount of true wisdom, and seek you, the author of heavenly love. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the good news, and not to preach that in the terms of philosophy in which the crucifixion of Christ cannot be expressed. The language of the cross may be illogical to those who are not on the way to salvation, but those of us who are on the way see it as God's power to save. As scripture says, I shall destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing all the learning of the learned. Where are the philosophers now? Where are the scribes? Where are any of our thinkers today? Do you see now how God has shown up the foolishness of human wisdom? If it was God's wisdom that human wisdom should not know God, it was because God wanted to save those who have faith through the foolishness of the message that we preach. And so, while the Jews demand miracles and the Greeks look for wisdom, here we are preaching a crucified Christ. To the Jews, an obstacle that they cannot get over. To the pagans, madness. But to those who have been called, whether they are Jews or Greeks, a Christ who is the power and wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Ring out your joy to the Lord, O you just, for praise is fitting for loyal hearts. Give thanks to the Lord upon the harp. With a ten-stringed lute, sing him songs. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. For the word of the Lord is faithful and all his works to be trusted. The Lord loves justice and right, and fills the earth with his love. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. He frustrates the designs of the nations. 
He defeats the plans of the peoples. His own designs shall stand forever. The plans of his heart from age to age. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Be watchful, pray constantly, that you may be worthy to stand before the Son of Man. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus told this parable to his disciples. The kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were sensible. The foolish ones did take their lamps, but they brought no oil whereas the sensible ones took flasks of oil as well as their lamps. The bridegroom was late, and they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. But at midnight there was a cry, The bridegroom is here, go out and meet him. At this, all those bridesmaids woke up and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the sensible ones, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. But they replied, There may not be enough for us and for you, You had better go to those who sell it and buy some for yourselves. They had gone off to buy it when the bridegroom arrived. Those who were ready went in with him to the wedding hall, and the door was closed. The other bridesmaids arrived later. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you solemnly, I do not know you. So stay awake, because you do not know either the day or the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we're actually not far from um, switching from Matthew's Gospel to Luke's Gospel. At the end of the 21st week of Ordinary Time, we get to the end of Matthew, and then the 22nd week, we switch over to um, Luke, and then we pick up Luke from, from chapter 4. So, you know, we're going to skip over the Passion and all that sort of stuff. But um, but it explains, though, why we're getting these Gospels now on the end times. Yesterday, we heard the parable about uh, the man having to stay awake so that the burglar wouldn't break through his wall and steal his stuff. Uh, and then we also heard the parable about the servant who was left in charge of his master's household while his master was away. Um, Then today we get this rather odd, I suppose, um, parable about um, the uh, five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. Now, interestingly, this parable takes a slightly different accent uh, to the one about the burglar, because if you remember, um, the house owner who needed to defend his house against the burglar he was told that he needed to stay awake. You can't fall asleep. However, in this parable, all ten virgins actually fall asleep. Both the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. Both groups kind of nod off, waiting for the bridegroom to arrive. The bridegroom's late, gets towards midnight, they all fall asleep. But then comes the cry, the bridegroom's here. Now, There's a rather strange detail in this parable, um, which seems a bit surprising coming out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus. We hear this, All those bridesmaids woke up and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish ones said to the sensible ones, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. But they replied, There may not be enough for us and for you. You had better go to those who sell it and 
buy some for yourselves. Now, we might have expected the wise virgins to be the ones who shared their oil with the foolish. We might have expected that the wise bridesmaids were the ones who had brought enough for everyone and not just for themselves. Wouldn't that have made for a nice Christian story? You know, the kind of story we'd expect from Jesus. The flasks of oil which the bridesmaids bring with them are sufficient for themselves alone. And this can't simply be an accident of the story. There's something important that's being communicated here. There's something incommunicable about this oil. It's not transferable. There's something symbolic in the fact, I think, that it can't be shared. So what do we make of this? Well, the oil is what we need to give light to the darkness. It's the fuel for the lamps that enables the bridesmaids to receive the bridegroom. When we consider what this oil might mean for us, we can think of those countless occasions that are given to us in order to show our faithfulness and our readiness to receive Christ the bridegroom. These are the moments when we prepare a light, our own luminosity, our own brightness. There are many occasions in our lives in order to receive this oil. And just like the bridesmaids, the flasks which hold the oil, they're small. Our faithfulness is expressed in small daily actions. The life of a Christian, let's face it, it's mostly found in small acts of obedience rather than in great grand gestures which come along every now and then. Discipleship means daily prayer. Going to Mass, well, when you can, of course. Acts of generosity and self-denial. In the way that a marriage grows, by means of small daily expressions of love and devoted service, so too does our relationship with God. The oil which makes ready the lighted lamp for Christ's coming doesn't come in large batches, it's in small flasks. And there are moments and events, yep, they call for great heroism and sacrifice, but these only come along sometimes. But each day, we have the opportunity to exercise our faithfulness towards Christ, to have oil ready for the coming of the bridegroom. To be faithful to the daily life of a disciple is like being one of the wise bridesmaids who had enough oil and was ready for the coming of the bridegroom. Now, this might help us to understand something of why the wise bridesmaids can't share with the foolish. It's a a pretty simple spiritual law, I suppose. We're each responsible for our own oil, our own faithfulness. We can pray for one another, but we can't pray instead of each other. We can be a support to each other, but we each need to say our own yes to God. It's not to say that, you know, we must have an overly individualist attitude and say, you know, well, every man for himself, but we need to recognize that we can't actually be substitutes for one another. We all stand before God with our own free wills and with the capacity to fill our own small flasks through the multitude of daily occasions to show our ready and waiting faithfulness to the bridegroom. So we can help one another, of course, but at the end of the day, we each have our own small flask. And the opportunity to fill them with light-giving oil, ready for the coming of the Lord, that's that's our daily 
opportunity. I'll just finish with this little thought. It keeps me somewhat humble, but admittedly only somewhat humble. But when you stop and think about it, everything that you accomplish in life, all the different tasks and works that God has entrusted to us, you know, have you ever considered that God can do it so much better than we can? You know, it's not like Jesus is up in heaven going, oh, gee, I hope Peter gets the podcast done today because I really, really, really depend on it. No, of course not. He doesn't need me. Anything that I do, the Lord can accomplish far better than I can, um, which kind of makes you marvel at the fact that he lets us help. (laughs) I think in some ways we're probably like, you know, kids in the kitchen. (laughs) You know, we make a bit more of a mess and the food's a little worse, but, you know, the parents probably just enjoy the fact that the kids are learning. Jesus, the master chef, can step in at any time and do a far better job than us. But there's one thing that not even God can do instead of us, and that's give our love. Every work I do, God can do instead of me and do it infinitely better. But not even God can love instead of me. There really is a little flask that's properly mine, and i got to fill it. Fill it with the oil that can't belong to anyone else, that can only properly be mine. It reminds me of those great words of um, Mother Teresa. To do small things, but with great love. It's not so much about the small thing getting done, because God can do it better than we can. It's so much more about the great love. So be wise. Be faithful. Because the good news is that the bridegroom is coming. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, 
you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. And deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.